Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I am on the unceded land of the Multnomah, Wasco, Callets, Kathlamet, Clackamas, Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and many other tribes that made their home along the Columbia River. And when I say that, I want to remind everybody that I don't just do a land acknowledgement. I am looking for ways to support indigenous communities in my neighborhood and in the places that I go and indigenous actions. Any way that I can um, support the causes of the, the first people that were here is very important to me. Um, so when I, I say this probably way too much, but maybe not enough, when we do a land acknowledgement, that is the bare minimum. Um, we're trying to also have action behind the words that we speak. So without further ado, I want to welcome my guest, Maketa, Renee. Do you want your full name? <laughs> No, that's great. That's usually what I go by. Um, do you go by Maketa Renee? I do. That's my first and middle, so it's perfect. Okay. My, my mom appreciates it, too, because she named me after her. So. Oh, good. Well, then She's like, okay, great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I met Maketa because she signed up for my archery workshop and with a couple of friends of hers. And I, I can only speak for myself. And... I have I have a great time with everybody that attends because I love doing what I get to do. But there are people who obviously we all connect with um, on a deeper level. And I felt very connected to Maketa and to her friends. We talked a lot about plants. We took trees <laughs> and sniffed it <laughs> right up my alley. And then we did archery and... Um, I really was interested in the things that Maketa was doing. And so I asked her if she would be willing to be on my podcast and we've made it happen. Yes. So she, yeah. She does a lot of things that I don't know about, but what I do know, she is a yoga instructor. She works in plant medicine, but it's more than that. It is the whole of everything. It is the whole I'll just say it like this. I'm <laughs> observing her, it feels like you can't just say that she's into yoga and plant medicine. It's part of her. Mm -hmm. And it's part of what she does. And it's not just part of who she is, but it seems like everything that Maketa does, she also brings community in and with. And that's kind of, I want her to talk about who she is, but I also wanted to, her to talk about her passion for community and how that, how who she is infuses the medicine. And by medicine, that's the umbrella I'm using. And also how, just how it's, a, it seems like for you, it's a symbiotic relationship. So, <laughs> so can you introduce yourself and kind of who you are and what makes you who you are or what makes you tick? Well, first, thank you, Angie. That was um, a heartfelt, literally heartfelt introduction to who I am. So I want to thank you for that. 
Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. Um, Yeah, my name is Maketa, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm currently um, on the land of the Tonga people, the Tongva people, and um, born and raised here. And um, hmm, in a nutshell, I'm a love-centered person who moves in love and essentially wants to create things that um, just showcase that with whether it be the plant medicine, whether it be, you know, I call it medicinal movement and yoga, you know, one and the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's just there's so much that I see that is so necessary in our communities that are um, it's just beautiful to be a part of the healing aspect of it. And that's why it's uh, it's led me here. It wasn't necessarily a path I thought I would be on. If you had asked me a few years ago, you know, um, but I was led here through my own my own healing, and um, I think that's to me the most beautiful way to present offerings to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just as as, as Angie mentioned, I'm just um, very community driven and. I feel like it's not just me. It's always been bigger than me. And I've always known that. Um, so it's, I can't do this alone. And I don't want to. So yeah. it's very much, um, it's a it's a community effort and to bring people along with me and to have cross paths very intentionally, it seems, you know, where we cross people's paths when we're more meant to. So I'm just yeah. very grateful that we cross paths when we did. And it's been very transformative for me thus far. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you. That's beautiful. I love the, what you said about a love-centered person because um, I just feel like, at least, at least in my personal experience, I am very much that way too. And then every everything seems to come against that, especially mm. children. Like the love-centered, the sensitive, the compassionate is kind of wrung out of us and we have to hold on to that absolutely totally snagged me when you said that Uh, (laughs) because it's really beautiful can you speak to I'm curious because you mentioned because that was my next question is like how did you get into yoga and then how did it's not just yoga it's the medicine and there's there's I, I think people think medicine and they they take it wherever they take it but you are actually like me you're making the medicine you're har- you're harvesting the plants you're trying to do it ethically and connectedly but where did that originate in you you talked about your own healing can you speak to that yeah of course um so i guess i'll start with yoga cuz that's been a practice for a little bit longer Um, I, since I was about nine or 10 years old, I picked up the skill of braiding. Um, and to me, as, as I got older, I started to realize that it was a deeper thing than just the act of, you know, styling someone's hair. So I I really, um, made an investment into the type of clients I would, you know, bring into my, my space and just really connecting with people on that level. And, um, it opened me up to 
connecting to people in general and knowing that it was a possibility in the first place. Um, and so that was really beautiful, a really beautiful part of my, my journey. Um, but it kind of came to a close because my body started physically aching and I needed um, support and I didn't know what to do. My shoulders ached, my legs were sore because it was braiding your standing for sometimes eight hours a day, you know, mm -hmm. um, sometimes even longer. So I found yoga and it found me and I was um, really specific in my intention about finding a space that was inclusive and finding a space that was very um, diverse and just where I felt safe and where I felt um, seen. Mm. So I put that out there and then I was in an old neighborhood of mine, my childhood neighborhood, which was <laughs> hilarious to me. I was so grateful to find them. It, it just, it was perfect from the very first time I experienced yoga. And um, yeah, I practiced for about a year and a half. And then I just said, you know, I think I need to make this a part of my work because there's not enough black and brown people that see the benefits, mm -hmm. um, know the benefits. They don't see themselves in it. Yeah. And um, I felt that that was a duty of mine to um, not only practice for myself, but to bring it to my communities because we need to see that and we need to know that it's more than just um, forcing yourself into these sometimes uncomfortable positions. Mm -hmm. um, and my practice continues to evolve because now it's more uh, trauma centered in the sense mm -hmm. of where I'm connecting the different sensations and the different body parts to how you can release that emotion, release that trauma. So it's not so much about, okay, well, you know, extend yourself. It's more notice what you feel and um, not judging yourself when you feel it, but just taking note of it, you mm. know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where, that's where I am with yoga and it just keeps expanding and growing and as I do, and I'm just so grateful for that. Um, so do you have your own private practice now or how do you practice it for other with other people with other people yes um it's been mostly i find uh, public parks uh if, if it's nice the beach will be nice because i'm you know in la so there's beaches everywhere yeah um so yeah things like that at uh maybe last year i picked up some zoom classes um because that was really popular as most of us know there was zoom everything yeah um so that's something I definitely like to incorporate you know because I've been fortunate enough to cross paths with people from all over the country and out so it's it's nice to have things that are accessible um so yeah yeah, it's yeah. so I know for me yoga always seemed like a rich white lady thing that mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I am a white lady, but I definitely am not rich and wasn't rich. And I just, I didn't know how, other than doing like a community school class, mm -hmm. you know, I just didn't know how to make it accessible. And I, right. the, the things I appreciate, appreciate about you is you, you are making it accessible on so many other levels, right? You know, not just you know, m making, allowing other people to see that themselves in it, 
but also showing up at a park and doing it. Yeah. Which is, you know, because when people see that, even if they never do yoga, at least they know there's, it's a possibility. Absolutely. That's so important. Yeah. Because people will go their whole something because they don't feel like they should. Oh, for you know. How did the, um, how did the medicine, you know, the actual plant medicine come into your life? Um, I would say that since I was a kid, I was very um, anti just taking different medicines, like traditional medicines, and well, not even traditional medicine, because traditional medicines are plant medicines, but (laughs) more um, (laughs) over the counters, you know, just because something in me, I guess, just knew it, what it didn't resonate. And I didn't have the language for it at the time. Mm -hmm. But um, I would just write it out. If I had a cold, if I had cramps, I'd just be like, okay, well, I'll write it out. I'll drink some tea. I knew instinctually, intuitively, how to self-soothe um Mm. and it wasn't until maybe I don't know maybe 2014 when things just started showing up more in terms of plant medicine and it became really expansive for me in terms of like what was out there and the different options and I learned about salves and balms and tinctures Mm -hmm. and all these things and I'm like wait a second this is actually an entire field and a work and it it just it blew my mind yeah um so that's where it started for me in terms of exposed to it um because then it kind of became a thing of okay well you don't have to necessarily ride it out there's actually things for this you know (laughs) so (laughs) it made it made a lot of sense for me and it just kind of put things in perspective and I was really glad in hindsight that I that I stuck to my guns and not um you know doing the, the different medicinals not that it's not great because of course it has its place and I, I recognize that highly but I think it's the balance right so mm-hmm. yeah and um I I listened to the call I honored the call of plant medicine I would say in maybe 2019 yeah I signed up for a, a simple online herbalism course because at the time I was just like, well, let me just dip my toe into this mm-hmm. and just see. And it was with the Herbal Academy. Um, and I loved it. And I was totally into it and just learning the basics of things and just seeing how things connect in the ways that I kind of intuitively, intuitively already knew just made me really happy. I was like, okay, wow, this feels in alignment. This feels like I'm on the right path. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just noticed now when things show up um specifically right now I'm, I've been working diligently in my in my womb space and um womb work has been huge for me mm-hmm. for some time but I feel like now it's just my main focus and I think um because when you carry a womb it's just there's so much energy that gets stored there so much emotion so much trauma so that's what I say when I mean like my own healing. So when things show up, I'm, I'm patient with myself first, you know, and I try to figure out what plant can be an ally and supportive to me in that, that journey of um, self-healing, because ultimately if I don't, you know, have any message for anyone, it would be to 
know that we can self-heal and that's what our body was set up to do and plant Mm -hmm. medicine could support us in that yeah 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 Yeah, it's interesting how um i'm sure it's not just um women but i feel like that's the thing that i can speak to because i am a woman but Mm -hmm. the things that we carry whether you ever bear a child or not Mm -hmm. you still have a womb you still have a a cycle Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like some women don't but right um and it's often the thing that um western medicine has you know like western medicine tried to study women by looking at men it's the very thing that gets ignored and so i and i i think we're similar in the i'm not against you know western medicine are going to a doctor but i will try unless it's an urgent thing mm-hmm. i will try the things that i've learned right medicines like you you know the medicines that have it's in it sounds witchy or woo woo but they're <laughs> plants that i cannot deny I called out to me and mm-hmm. the, and Juniper was one of them. And so I'm not going to ignore that and also what it's given me. But I think that, you know, we've societally, we ignore women yet. We put the bulk of pressure on women. Right. And culturally you could probably speak to, because I think we put more on black women than probably any other woman. Mm. But then it's also, we're kind of supposed to ignore all of the parts mm-hmm. of being a woman. And if we listen and we take time, because it's, it's I think it's like anything else we're talking about, it's interconnected. It's not just having a womb. It's living as a woman in a culture that thinks you're less. It's, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff interconnected. But if we sit with ourselves and listen to ourselves, which is really hard work, mm-hmm. especially in a society that wants workers, right? Not, not people of presence. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, whether it's plants or just being in nature or learning, you know, something that comes to you like yoga did for you, there are things for us. Absolutely. And our body and what I call like our inner wisdom knows it we just Mm -hmm. have we have to get quiet enough to be able to hear it absolutely so when did you like did you immediately once you took that class did you immediately start making medicine no it took time because I wasn't necessarily maybe I had a little bit of imposter syndrome you know yeah I I think I I think the most I did was maybe a couple tea blends yeah kind of kept it at that um, it actually wasn't until mm, maybe May of last year that I made some of my first medicines and it was just for me. I mean, it still very much is. It's always just for me. And then yeah. if there's overflow, then I'll share it, you know, Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> that's where I'm at. I'm very much um, I, I like to say I'm an infant in this yeah. in this world. <laughs> so <laughs> and that's great. I love being a student. I'll forever be a student, you know. Um, so yeah, I took my time and I'm still taking my time with it because I, I don't want to rush it. I don't want to use the same capitalistic approaches in something that's so mm-hmm. sacred, you know? Have you, have you ever read Braiding Sweetgrass? 
I've heard such good things. I've heard it's on my list. It's on my list. She has this um, part in the book where she's talking about, um, I think, wild rice that, you know, grows on the water. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't quote me on the story, but it was something like an indigenous tribe was harvesting rice and this Scandinavian student was helping them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and by the end of the day, the student was like, oh, you could change this and this and this to get all of the rice. <laughs> and they looked at him and said that, you know, that's not what we do. Right. We don't take it all. We don't. It's not about how much we can make, how much we can profit. It's all about leaving enough and taking what you need. And I, if I have learned one thing from just the very generalistic study of, of indigenous ways of being, that is the biggest takeaway for me. Absolutely. Because I am so against my will capitalist and, you know, I'll be undoing that mm-hmm. for the rest of my life, but sitting with a plant not taking it all, maybe taking a little from one plant, thanking it in 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 some way, leaving an offering, and then if if I need more than that, like going to another plant of the same kind, like mm-hmm. spreading it out, is that has been a life changing thing that I learned just by reading books from indigenous folks and or listening to podcasts from indigenous people. It's because it's so counter what we're taught in this country. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Take it all. Take it all and make profit from it. Yeah. Right. And if you don't do it, somebody's going to steal your idea and they're going to make profit from it. Right. And that's just, that's not, that's not love centered. Let's say no. that. No, you know? exactly. Yeah. But capitalism, I don't think can ever be love centered. Oof. That's, that's true. That's very true. Sorry, America. It's not, <laughs> not ever love centered. Um, yeah, I I think I had a similar experience with medicine. I started for me, maybe because I'm a mother. I saw things that you know I was con- my son was almost out of the womb with eczema, mm. like horrible um, eczema where we go back and forth. Um, exchanging uh what is it um skin infections and um he'd have to get on antibiotics and I'd be like I knew antibiotics were bad if you had to use too much right and so I started looking for natural things and trying to make stuff and that was like early days because he's 21 now and but I wouldn't have said that was a foray into medicine that was a foray from desperation Mm -hmm. And my first, yeah, my first experience was elderberry because I went in, I found out from a naturopath that elderberry was really high in vitamin C and really good for, you know, fighting infections. And I went to New Seasons and a tiny, like six ounce bottle, maybe, maybe four ounce was like 20 bucks. And I, mm-hmm. you know, and you, that's gone in less than three days. Yeah. If you're supposed, you know, if you're supposed to take it every three hours. 
And so then I realized that elderberry grew here. And so my friend and I that hiked together started looking for elderberry on the side of the road. And then I started making it. And, and that's, you know, it, for me, it's always been, I got into it out of necessity and desperation. And then it's become something that is so healing for me. And I love that I have something that I can offer, you know, if like, I can't remember if it was you, but often, you know, on a archery, somebody will say, oh yeah, I have bad knees or a bad back or shoulder. And I'll go, oh, I make a juniper salve. Yes. And, you know, and then I'll offer it to them because I know it's healing. The juniper came to me in my most desperate place. Hmm. I was in Montana I had just found out something really painful and I didn't know what to do with it. And it, it's not my story, so I can't speak to it, but I took myself um, on a hike and I kept seeing this plant with all of these purple, blue, purple berries. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and so I grabbed a little piece and I went back to my car so I could get service and I saw that it was juniper. I knew nothing. I didn't know gin was made from juniper. I didn't know anything about juniper. And, but I knew I needed to take some. And luckily, you know, Montana, I, where we were was like junipers everywhere. So in my, in my bag on my flight home, it was archery equipment and like juniper, (laughs) two huge bags of target bags full of juniper (laughs) and then I've just gradually expanded my knowledge and I think the I, I mean I get choked up when I think about it because I didn't do anything to deserve that plant Hmm. you know I kind of feel that way about I think we talked about this a little bit when on our walk but they carry like the trees are carrying all my grief Mm -hmm. And when I was grieving, you know, crying through, throughout that whole hike and basically crying out to creator, the juniper just reached out to me. It's never let, it's never let me down. And that's how it is. And I fell into that salve because I was experimenting with three plants that I love, which is juniper, St. John's wort and cottonwood. Mm -hmm. And it was an accident a happy accident i was just fooling around with it but i will say sorry dick no no you go ahead i will say i've been using it since the day you gave it to me and it's powerful very powerful medicine so i wanted to thank you i know i hadn't followed up with you about it yet because i i've just been deep in its medicine and wow wow yeah and i and you know what's interesting about that is I was talking to a friend of mine who's indigenous. He was on the podcast um, maybe like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And we know each other totally different, like not in medicine, not in, we know each other from church festivals and stuff, you know, where we'd run into each other. And so he was on the podcast. I think I mentioned it to him or he mentioned it, it to me and his tribe I think he's Navajo I could have that wrong but in his tribe 
the juniper is well known and sacred. And I have no idea. Yeah. No idea. I'd also like to say, too, you said something about being deserving. And I think, to my understanding at least, plants want to serve. They want to. And they want to be, you know, appreciated and that 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 a uh, symbiotic relationship and i'd like to say that you are very much deserving of juniper's medicine thank you so, yeah of course that reminds me also of a story he told about um it's a ancient tribal story where i'm not going to do it justice but basically whoever's in charge is tired of mankind <laughs> and is wiping mankind out and plants speak out for mankind wow. humankind and basically save humankind Oof. Wow. so that in as I understand it in native practice that's why it's not just trees no it's ancestors mm-hmm. it's you know it's um, plant ancestors or um, I don't know what they call it, but that, that really spoke to me. I, I think the thing too is it sounds, I think, depending on how you were raised, it can sound, you know, witchy, mm-hmm. but when you get into it, you realize that it is natural. It's, it's where we were supposed to be the whole time. Yep. And it's not weird at all. Not at all. <laughs> We've just been so far removed from yeah. from it that it feels foreign. So that remembrance is imperative for not only our personal healing, but the collective healing. love for you to talk about um, how your personal practice influences community and you know what you're I know you've got something coming up unless it's already happened that you were doing with mm-hmm. you and um, but just how does your personal work connect to community and then come back to yourself because it's a symbiotic relationship right Hmm, that's a great question Uh, well first my thing is always showing up first for myself authentically and then presenting that to my community to the world Mm -hmm. and just being sometimes sometimes too raw you know about the process but just being very vulnerable because vulnerability is another thing that isn't as acceptable it's growing in acceptance but it hasn't been as acceptable in the coming years and I'd like to say that I was just born being being vulnerable because I'm a cancer so (laughs) I just you know that's just what I do yeah so um for me to be able to show up and just say, hey, this is what I've gone through and this is what's been beneficial to me 
and how I've, you know, weathered the storms that are inevitable and just um, using the wisdom that comes from those experiences and turning it into what medicine for my community. And then there's something that happens when when you bring people together and then it's returned that just that gratitude, it just, mm-hmm. it fills you right back up, yep. you know? Um, I'm still, uh, the event that you, you mentioned was on uh, last Sunday and I'm still very much integrating all that even happened. Um, it was such a beautiful, very intimate experience, but just very beautiful. I didn't, I didn't expect any, I didn't expect that many people. And um, it was perfect. There was maybe 12 to 15 of us in a backyard under the sun. Um, just, it was amazing. It was perfect. It was healing. It was community. And mm-hmm. um, just to have people feel the intent that I put forth in that was everything to me. It was everything. And um, that's that's how I bring it back to myself and just say, you know what, you're doing what you need to do, even if it doesn't always, you know, feel like it. Yeah. I think today in today's day and age, it's easy to, you know, look outward and compare and all of these things, you know. So I have to just remind myself when I when I do things like that, that I am touching people's hearts. Mm hmm. And that enough fills me up. It's not about the the monetary or the anything like that. It's just the the appreciation. I'm like a plant, you know. I just yeah. want to be appreciated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you? Yeah. Are you? You're not doing all the things because you had somebody making juices. That wasn't you, right? No, that wasn't me. I brought along some friends because um, I've been fortunate enough to to come across people that are just as passionate about mm. their crafts. And I thought, why wouldn't I, you know, put together something for us and something for them to reach different people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it happened so beautifully. Can you speak to, if not, it's cool. I don't, I know like a tiny, tiny bit of the Yoni theme. Yeah. I kind of know what it's about, but what do you think, it does for people? That's another great question. Um, to my understanding, it can help with varying imba- varying imbalances. Mm-hmm. Um, it can help to clear out stagnant energies. Mm. Um, it can be v- very healing for trauma, whether it be, you know, oh. on a physical level when w- after having a child, because that not to say that childbirth is traumatic, but it can be. And yeah. it's a lot for the body, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just healing after that. A lot of women use it for postpartum. Um, a lot of women use it or I'll just say womb keepers because everyone mm-hmm. that has a womb is not a woman. Yeah. Um, a lot of womb keepers use it to uh, balance their cycles because some people like you, like you mentioned, their cycles look different and sometimes people don't get them as frequently as we should. And um, that's a clear indication to me when something's in balance because the womb is the center. Mm -hmm. So if the womb is off, then everything is off um, in a, a womb keepers existence. That is. Um, Yeah. I, I really enjoy it as like a, uh, ending um, after like my menstrual bleed is really great mm-hmm. because our our menstrual cycles are 
intended to be a detoxification time. Yeah. So when we're steaming after, we're kind of helping anything that may have, you know, got left behind that needs to little help to kind of yeah. pull it out. So, yeah, that's my um, my reasons, at least for the steaming. And it helps you co- to, to connect with yourself. Yeah. That's what I love about it most, I think. It just feels like you're deeply connecting with your center. Yeah. Well, and if we're, you know, out of the practice of um, connecting with our bodies, I know for somebody like I grew up in, in the church and the church was a, you didn't talk about your body. You didn't talk about the things that your body did. So it's mm-hmm. a very connected way of being. And so my work has been around reconnecting with my body and right. body is not evil. <laughs> And so finding ways of, you know, reconnection, whatever that is, like we've talked about through plant medicine, through yoga, through what you put in your body is not bad or good, but how Mm -hmm. does it feel and how does it connect to you? And then the yoni steam, you know, that's like, you know, I'm sure that if I would (laughs) have mentioned that in the groups like the church that I grew up in it was like acupuncture was from the devil (laughs) (laughs) you know and so then definitely the yoni steam would have been yeah what kind of witchcraft are you up to absolutely but I think all of those ways that we can find ourselves again you know and reconnect with ourselves are powerful extremely it opens up a level of, like I mentioned, remembrance. And then with that remembrance, there's an unlocking of gifts and unlocking of, mm-hmm. you know, things that have been hidden or lost from our own lineages, you know, and there's just a world of opportunity that happens that opens up when we just sit with ourselves and feel everything instead of, you know, trying to numb it out or distract or whatever you know we've been taught to do or we've had to do because of survival you know it's not always like a a deliberate want you know I want to ask you about if you have a spiritual practice and I want to remind everybody that listens what I mean by a spiritual practice is something that you deliberately do to connect to either a higher power to connect to nature and connect to yourself. It can be meditation. It can be anything. It does not have, I know a lot of um, the Christians that I know that are moving away from traditional Christianity can get triggered by that word spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. So I like to define it and say, it's pretty much any way of connecting to something outside of yourself and something within yourself. So I Mm -hmm. want to know if there was something that you did, because I like the reason I like to ask this question is one, I'm curious. And then two, sometimes when people hear different ways that people connect, they realize it's like you said, when you see your other people that look like you doing yoga, you're like, oh, I can do yoga. Mm-hmm. When you hear lots of different ways of connecting you know, having a spiritual practice, you think, oh, maybe that's why I like swimming so much. I just never together. But you don't, if you've been told a certain way of connecting, you don't realize that there's, you know, 
millions of ways of connecting. Absolutely. That's a great question. And I think it's important to make that distinction for those who are listening, because it's just, you know, everyone's had their experiences up until this point. So for me personally, I would definitely say meditation. Mm -hmm. And that looks different every day. Um, We often have this idea. And I was one of those people that had this idea that meditation meant sitting cross leg eyes closed and your own you know and um some days it can be sitting with your legs crossed eyes closed (laughs) um but some days I I'm laying down some days I'm you know chopping vegetables and just being there Mm -hmm. and breathing yes um some days it's you know taking a few extra deep breaths in the shower uh I feel like for me, meditation really just means presence, just being with the breath in the body. And um, it's really been helpful. So that way, when things do show up, I'm I'm aware of it and I can, you know, handle it gently at that time instead of it allowing it to build up in my my system. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of that, of course, there's there's movement. I whenever I feel stagnant or stuck or just like there's something that I can't shake I literally will shake sometimes like not you know yep scary like but you know I'll just I'll (laughs) dance I'll shake I'll um I'll cry crying is a spiritual practice for me yes yes um I allow myself to cry because people say oh well crying okay well you know but I allow myself to do it and I'll I'll sit and I'll I'll write sometimes Mm -hmm. I journal a lot um uh, spending time with nature, communing with Mama Earth, and yeah, um, I spend a lot of time in the parks and walking trails and sitting with trees and planting my feet in the grass and mm-hmm. just regular for me at least. It just becomes a regular thing, you know. It's yeah. not this um, this task, if you will, because I think when I was making it something I marked off my to-do list or Mm -hmm. made it a task. It became more of a, something I didn't, I felt like I had to do, but now it's, I want to, and it, it just brings me joy. And it's just my way of life. You know, it sounds, it sounds like it's part of your DNA. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. You know, I feel it's nothing woo woo, you know, because it's just, (laughs) I'm just, I'm feeling and I'm feeling yeah. it all, you know. Yeah. Love what you do. And I know that you, it sounds to me like you're not quite at a place where you're going to be selling your medicine. But if people want to follow you, um, I'll put your Instagram in the show notes. Thanks. But I, like, how could people, if people were like, hey, I want to kick Maqueda some money or I want to watch what she's doing, um, support what she's doing in whatever way that that looks for people. Or, you know, I know that you do some yoga and it's possible that people could, you know, buy a class from you or something like that. But I want to know how people that could support you can support you, find you can find you, and possibly connect with you 
Well, thank you for that. That's um, very thoughtful. First off, I, of course, my Instagram, that's my main source of connectivity with the, the virtual worlds. Um, I, I've been working on cultivating a, a Patreon. So that's, that, that'll be coming soon. Maybe, maybe time this month. I, I really want it to not process because I'm reminding myself constantly that taking my time is important and just knowing exactly what it is I want to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so Patreon is <laughs> definitely going to be on the way. And you can text me when that's out and I can, yeah. I can already know. Sweet. I appreciate it. And um, I do have a uh, PayPal button, I guess you can say. Okay. That I will have access to in my um bio of my Instagram, so that'll be up there. So if anybody feels compelled, mm-hmm. and um, if anybody's in LA or is passing through, because I need a hot spot for travel for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, I'll offer different donation base usually classes in the park or on a trip or at the beach, like I mentioned. So yeah, anything that I'm offering will be. Uh, on my Instagram, okay, and that my first name and my middle name, so it's Maketa dot Renee, K E T T A dot Renee R E N E E, and so, I'll put I'll yeah show notes. <clears throat> Why not? I, I'm I'm more than grateful because I know that it does take a village to to cultivate these these offerings. You know, even if it's just on a smaller scale, because I do to offer things like I said if I have an overflow um and there's nothing there's not normal yet because like I mentioned I'm still very much you know a student in this but mm-hmm. when I can I will and it's it feels good to to be able to um that relationship flowing between members well yeah and you never know who's going to be in your area or you know, or if you come back to a certain area or you go to a certain area, you have no idea. Like you could show up at a park and who knows, you could have people that live there that have been following you through the things that you post or the things that, um, you know, this podcast here, you just never know. So I've done a lot of work around my, what I would call my, um, I wouldn't even call her my inner child, but basically who I truly am, who mm-hmm. I was born as, the truest part of myself. Yes. And from a very early age, because of my personal trauma and being the sensitive person that I that I am in the world, the protector in me got very um, bossy and, and took over, which I'm glad because I, you know, the protector side kept me safe, kept me you know, guarding what needed to be guarded, even if they tended to be a little overzealous. Mm-hmm. But the but the work I've done, you know, over, you know, I don't know, the last 20 years has been to kind of let that softer, true self out. And I made this revelation recently that there's still a very tiny piece of her that I haven't let out. Yeah. And so I'm working on that, like in order to receive love from people and to give love the way I want, like you said, to be my fully realized love centered person in the world, Mm 
<laughs> I have to find ways to let her out. And for me, nature has been that thing. But um, so I'm doing work around that. So I, I just, out of curiosity, when you think about Maqueda and you think about, you know, your truest self, who is that girl and what are ways, and maybe you don't know, because for me, this is all new too. What are ways that you found where you let that, your truest self out? I adore this question because <laughs> it's definitely um, right in alignment with what <laughs> my work is constantly, but even more recently in the past, like 72 hours. So <laughs> it's perfect timing. Yeah. Ah, little Maqueda. When I think of her, I think of someone who's infinitely curious and um, expressive and playful and, um, yeah, I feel those are those things. Those are the things that definitely stand out to me immediately. Mm -hmm. And, um the ways that I'm able to harness that into now and integrate it into, you know, my young adult self, I, I make time for play. Mm -hmm. I try not to take life too seriously. Yeah. Um, I enjoy making other people laugh and then that makes me laugh. And then it's just this, you know, circle of laughter, which is medicine in itself. Yep. Um, I, create what even if it's not plant medicine I'm, I'm drawing mm -hmm. I'm painting I'm, I'm doing something that just allows that energy to to flow you know um I like spending time with kids too that really that really helps me out a lot they bring it out of me yeah um, yep. yeah I'm trying to think what else and just reminding myself when things do get a little tough you know and just Checking in with her, yeah. checking in with little Maqueda and asking what she wants. That's something that someone gifted me, mm. that, that perspective, maybe a, about a year and a half ago. They're like, well, why don't you just check in with your inner child and see if that feels good? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So those things have been very um, helpful and healing in this, this thing we, we call life, you know? Yeah. That was good. Thank you. That was very generous. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. And I needed that. I enjoyed this so much. I feel like every time I talk to you, um, a little piece of my heart opens up a little bit more. Oh. I am glad and grateful that you are in the world doing the work that you're doing and doing it from the perspective of love and generosity. It's 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 hard to keep doing that when when everything else is like you know capitalistic and you know coming coming in the opposite spirit of that but you continue to get back up and keep doing the work and i think the work is worth money mm -hmm. and i do appreciate people i think you're worth giving money to and i also appreciate that you will not stop doing it if you don't have money. No. Yeah. 
because it's in align, alignment with who you are. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. So thank you for your time and thank you for being here. I, I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. I, I'm grateful. This has been a great time and a great, a great, great way to start the month of July. If I'll yeah. Say so yeah. Yep. What a great start. So. Well, I always end by saying to my guests, remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. It's beautiful. Thanks, everybody. conversation with Maketa. I do want to apologize that when she was talking about where you could find her, her PayPal, all of that information, that some of it came out warbled and messed up. So please go to the show notes um, and give to her generously. She gives so generously of herself and her skills and her love. Um, to community and any way we can support people on this earth that give like she does is really important. So all that information will be in the show notes and please look her up on Instagram and follow her. She puts out, it's not about content, but she does put a lot of loving content out into the world. So thank you everybody. I appreciate it.